Smell. Woo! Well, Happy New Year! What a great time. Before I start this morning, I want to say thank you to those who lovingly gave to um, an appeal for a tank that I put out a couple of weeks ago. Um, we've raised a bit over $300 and I'll be sending that off this week. So, good on you. Um, and I love this place. You know, it's got, it's got absolutely nothing to do with the bricks and mortar. It's got nothing to do with the colour of the carpet or the comfort of the chairs. It's got all to do with you. Every one of you. Whether you've been here the whole time we've been here, or whether you're newer than that, and you've only been here a little bit at a time, I don't care, because I love you. And it's just... You know, I... I think about my family that have been estranged from me for many years and how in the love of the Father they have returned. And they've, three of my, my three boys are back and we're still praying for my daughters to make a decision for themselves. They're all old enough, they're all they're all in a place where they can choose life. And um, I, um, seeing as how we've been estranged as long as I have from my boys, um, a lot of their history I don't know. A lot of their past, I mean up until they were eight or nine I'm pretty safe. But after that, it happened somewhere else. It happened with somebody else. And, um, but we've reunited a family, a lot like this family. And I learn things about them every day. And something that really surprises me, when I was reunited with my 38-year-old, 37-year-old, whatever he is, <laughs> he's the second of my sons, so he must be... <laughs> He must be 38 this year, um, this last year, sorry, <laughs> last year. He would have been 38 last year. I was talking to him last night and he said, when I finish work today, I'm going to take my wife and we're going out because it's our wedding anniversary tomorrow, which is today. And I thought, how amazing is that? Hmm. Hang on, it's Adrian and I's wedding anniversary sometime soon. And you know, when I reunited with my, he was the last of the sons to come back into the fold. And um, I reunited with him, with him 18 months ago, something like that. And um, there was a, an instant recognition within us of who each of us were. It had nothing to do with father and son. It had to do with two people who were willing to give of each other to each other. And as it turns out, it's Adria and I's wedding anniversary today as well. Oh. 
You know, there's a joy in knowing that the things that we do and take for granted as normal, they happen in the same space of time for others as well. The thing that I always take joy in about our wedding anniversary, one, is that I sometimes remember it and <laughs> sometimes both of us forget. I mean, we've been known to, to go until the middle of January and go, did we forget something? Um, but the other joy of that is that in August of this year, on the 26th of August this year, it'll be 18 years since we were born again. You know, we gave our lives to each other and then God said, I've got something for you to do. Here it is. Happy New Year. The scripture in Isaiah 43 says, This is what the Lord says. He who makes a way through the sea and a path through the mighty waters. Do not remember the former things or ponder on the things of the past. Listen carefully. I'm about to do a new thing. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I will even put a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. He's saying, listen to me. Hear my word for you for the future, for your now, not for your past. He's not giving us a new word for something that happened two weeks ago or in June or July or any other time last year. 2015 is gone. It was good or bad, but it was what it was. The Lord says, do not remember the former things. In the NIV it says to forget, put away. It goes on to say don't ponder or dwell on the things of the past. How often do we, do we grab hold of those things of the past and, and take them on like they're living today when they happened yesterday or a number of yesterdays ago? When I was reunited with my sons, I remembered the photo that I have of them when they were seven and eight years old. And now they're both bigger than me and they have families of their own. But we all remember the photo. And there was 30 years between the photo and the next one I've got of myself and, the, and those two boys. But I can ponder on that. I can dwell on that. I can go, oh, woe is me. Oh, woe is me. But you see, I tend not to ponder or dwell because whatever I said or did that upset people, it was yesterday. I've apologised. I've made amends. And for those that... I hurt in the past who have now passed on. I've given my thanks to God. And I have said, hear my thanks. Hear my offering of forgiveness.
hear my heart. You know, the pondering and dwelling in the language of Trevor, it's done and dusted, move on. Today, the refreshed, renewed day of this new year and a new beginning, don't hold on to the past, don't be dragged down by the events of yesterday. You are renewed. Father, I thank you this morning. I'm just going to pray a little prayer. I'm going to um, take from the words of a man who I don't often get a chance to see these days. He's on telly every day. But I don't watch telly every day and he's on at a time when I'm not always there. Joel Osteen says, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today I will be taught the word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will never be the same. I am about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the word of God. I will never be the same. Never, never, never. I will never be the same. In the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, I first heard that statement a lot of years ago. And I thought, what a great statement. And then one day I started to say it for myself. And then as we all do, we put things away. We put them out of our lives because they're not current. It was something that happened back then. I put it aside. Don't put aside the old things that work. When you know what's happening in your life, when you know who you are and that you're loved by God, that's the thing you need to hold on to. You need to remind yourself every day. You need to remind those around you every day that you are loved. And I will never, never, never be the same because I have the word of God in me. But you know, last week, Pastor Andrew gave us for the joy. And all this week, I've had so much joy, so much happiness. So much. One of the joyful things was my son reminding me about my anniversary. <laughs> we did have a bit of a joke on the, on the phone afterwards, saying that it was a good catch on his part. <laughs> but last week, Pastor Andrew reminded us of Pastor Mel's message on Christmas Day. We weren't here for Christmas Day, so for me it was a fresh statement that Christmas Day is the day Jesus came to reveal the Father. When we have a revelation, whenever it is, whenever that revelation is, it's for you, it's for now. It's not a revelation that you should have picked up on six weeks ago or six months ago. It's a revelation that's for now. It's today. It's today's revealing. And he is revealed in us new every day. Pastor Mel said to reveal daddy to us. 
to remind us that God is love. He created us with love, in love and full of love. You know, the reason I can come into this house and be the the papa, the pop, the grandfather, that bloke who's always hugging me, and that's just the men. Come on. You all know that there's something in me that's not just me. Pastor Andrew stood up here a few moments ago and said, we all have heaven within us. Some days when I put my clothes on, I think I might have a bit more heaven than other times, but... (laughs) 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 Grace was going to do a portrait of me, but she hasn't got a canvas big enough. Uh, Pastor Andrew went on last week and said that when he shows love to people, it gushes. You know, I gush over everybody. You know, there are times, there are times in our life when we don't feel like gushing over people. And we don't feel like being gushed over. How many times have you, you've, you've been here in church, and somebody comes up and wants to give you a hug, whether it's me or somebody else. But somebody comes and you're thinking, just go away. I don't want you this morning. I don't need this right now. Something else is happening in my life. I've had enough of this. And so you get a hug, and they're there hugging you, and it's, from the hugger's point of view, it's like hugging a plank. There's this... I don't move, he'll go away really quickly. (laughs) Let me tell you, for anybody that's a hugger in this place, we all know that when they stand like that, it's just an option to hug them even longer, you know, and squeeze them even harder, you know, and lick the side of their face and all that stuff that we do, you know, like, come on. You were doing okay up until then? Okay, sorry. You know, when it overflows, it's not passive, it's not sedate. Me, this is what I wrote here. Me, I've been known to travel many a mile for one that I was pursuing. And when I wrote that, I thought of that old Proclaimers song. I'm going to walk 500 miles and then I'll walk 500 more to be the man who will fall down at your door, you know, a thousand miles. And and I thought, if I'm going to walk a thousand miles, and I didn't, most of it was on a plane, but when I pursued Adria, when we were courting, um, she went away to be with her sister for a while. And it was that time when In all relationships, we think, or some of us thought, it was time for a break or it was time for a a reassessment. It was time for a look. Is this really what we're after? Well, I wasn't going to give her a chance to find out whether it was really what she was after or not, so I jumped on a plane and followed her. (laughs) Except I had no idea where her sister lived. She lived in Albury somewhere, so I flew to Albury from Launceston. 
I got off the plane and there was two people in the airport in Albury, a cab driver and the bloke that was behind the desk at the Avis counter. That was it. And me, I was the only one that got off the plane. I thought, this is clever. <laughs> it was a really clever idea, this. So I rang a man I'd never spoken to before, maybe his brother-in-law. said, I'm at the airport. And he just laughed and hang up. And I thought, what do I do now? <laughs> About 10 minutes later, he rolls into the car park, toots the horn. I assumed it was him because I'd never seen him before. So I walk over and I get in this man's car and he's laughing. And as, when I heard his laugh, I knew it must have been him. So we, we just drive off. He doesn't introduce himself. He doesn't do anything. He's just laughing. And we're driving. I said, what are you laughing at? He said, well, her brother's going to be here tomorrow and I haven't told him about that either. So this will be a real surprise. And I went, you beauty. So we get back to their house and Adria and her sister were out. And... You know, when you have an expectation that things are going to work out, that every, I'm going to turn up and she's going to be there, and oh, darling, isn't it good to see you? And she wasn't there. And I'm in a house that's empty with a man that I don't know. I'm thinking, this is weird. And in today's terminology... My father was watching me. You see, I wasn't a Christian then, but when I look back at it, I can see his hand at work in all of it. For when she did walk back in the house, I was sitting in a chair at a, at, on an angle that she couldn't tell who I was until she'd walked round the front of the chair. There was a nice response, let me tell you. But you know... I've walked the thousand miles to pursue the one that I love. But what's God doing for you? How many miles is he going to have to walk till you let him catch up? How many miles are you going to make him walk until you go, all right, all right, I got it. How many miles? And for all of you who are sitting here looking at me weird, a mile's about a kilometre and a half. Um, so what we need to understand in all of this is that God will pursue us with everything that he has. And sometimes it's people. Just like you lot. Just like me. And he pursues us. You know, it's not a test of strength. It's not a test of, I wonder how long I can hold out before he catches up. I know. He's going to catch you and he's going to ask you the question and you will be convicted to respond. Now how, re how you respond is entirely up to you because I can't respond for you. Even if we're standing side by side at the time that God says I want you, I can't respond for you. 
I can pray and I can hope and I can wish and I can believe and I can do all those strange things that we think is going to happen. But God said, I want you. I want you. And you know, he doesn't say, I want you because I'm going to make you rich and famous. I want you because I'm going to make you healthy and whole. I want you because I'm... I just want you. I just want you. He just wants you, Ben. Doesn't he? He just wants you. It doesn't matter who you're with. It doesn't matter who you're driving around with. It doesn't matter who we're talking to. It doesn't matter whose band we're playing in. It doesn't matter if we lock ourselves in our room. He just wants you. And it's a personal thing. Have you noticed it's a personal thing? It's not... This was the thing that I got really early, like about two seconds into my born-again experience. I got... It wasn't, I want you. It was, I want you. He did want Adria too, but he didn't want us. He wanted each of us. The fact that we are an us and that Mel and Andrew are an us You know, God just wants you. He wants the very best for you. He wants the very best for Barry. He wants the very, very best for Jenny. He doesn't want the very best for them, if you get the sort of... It's about being who God asked you to be. Well, who did he ask you to be? I can tell you he didn't ask you, not one of you in this house, did he ask to be Trevor. Not one of you. And much and much and all as I want some of the spiritual input that some of you have got, he didn't ask me to be Dan. And he didn't ask me to be Andrew. Or Andrew. I'd love to be Andrew though. You've got a very special gift, Andrew. Thank you. And you know, we sometimes, we sometimes look at our gifts and we look at the gifts of others and others and others and we think, oh, aren't they wonderful? But what's happening here? What's happening here? I've been privileged to have been in, in meetings with our wonderful artist, Grace, and hear her heart, not just watch her paint. I see God in her painting, but I heard God in her heart. I hear Andrew's playing, but I've witnessed what he's got within him that comes out of him. It doesn't remain stagnant inside. He's not silent. He says, I am. And there's a couple of 20 or 30 or so scriptures that say, I am. But I am lives within Andrew. But he's willing to tell us about it. He's not willing to hide it. He's not willing to share it. I'm sorry. He is willing to share it. I knew I'd get the words wrong there somewhere. 
You know, we... We look at people and say, I want that. And I know there's many in this place you look at me and go, what a physique. Just come on, I want that. Well, you can have it anytime you like. As my dad used to say, you too can have a body like this if you care to neglect it. My, um, my heavenly father says, I want the very best for you. You've got to do it. His wanting the best for us is a great thing, but if we don't accept it, if we don't make the step, if we don't take that in our hands and go for it, then what have we got? You know what we've got? We're listening. Pay attention. This is very important. If you're writing notes, write this down. It's not last year. It's not. He doesn't want for us 2015. He wants for us 2016 and beyond. He wants for us a future. He wants for us something that he gave to us before we were born. And he will continue to give to us until we're standing in heaven with him, adoring him and loving on him like we do here. Except it's going to be a lot closer when we're there. It's going to be a lot louder. It's going to be a lot everything. But he's trying to give us, he's trying to share with us something that came before we knew who he was. Pastor Andrew used Nehemiah 8.10 last week from the New Living Translation. And it says, go and celebrate with a feast of rich foods and sweet drinks and share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. How many people, how many of you did that on New Year's Eve? How many of you did that on Christmas? How many of us, well, we did, we did yesterday. We celebrated. We shared food and drink. We shared laughter, we shared joy, we shared passion. Don't be dejected and sad for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Because his joy is our strength. You know, his joy, where's Where's he getting his joy from? From watching us. We were privileged last night to have a young man join us and bring his three kids. And all of the other adults in the place, we had a ball watching the three kids enjoy themselves. Because kids know how to enjoy it. Have you watched? Have you watched children lately? <laughs> Just, I have um, eight grandsons and a granddaughter and I've got another grandson on the way. And I watch them all. I watch them all. And there's joy and there's passion and there's desire in every one of them. It's not for me. 
It's for the things they're doing. It's for the, the food that might be on the table, the drink that might be in the fridge. God's saying, I want to share my joy with you. And his joy comes from watching us joyfully enjoy ourselves. I had a quick look in the dictionary. And joy is a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. And strength is the capacity of an object or substance to withstand great force or pressure. That be us. A feeling of great pleasure and happiness. And yet, those of you who heard me speak before will know that it's not about how you feel, it's about what you know. And who you know. Do we know that God loves us? Do we know that he's there for us in our times of need, in our time of, of hardship, in our time of whatever? You know, nearly four years ago, Adrian and I were pastoring, a bit over four years ago, Adrian and I were pastoring another church here in Ballarat. And things happened in our family that needed us. So we stepped down from pastoring the church here in Ballarat. And we spent eight months travelling back and forth to Melbourne almost every day to support the family that needed us. At the end of that time, we came here and were loved on so completely and so honestly and so openly that we stayed. Joy wasn't in my first visit to this church because it didn't feel anything like I used to do. You weren't singing the right songs. You didn't intercede in the right places. People didn't get up and prophesy at the right time. There was, it, it just was wrong. It was just wrong. Adria, throughout that meeting, I think Adria belted me about four times, said, just get over yourself. Just get over yourself. Well, it was about three weeks later before I had joy, but I knew where the joy had come from. You see, it's not about how I feel, it's about who I know. It's not about what I want to feel even, it's about who I know. It's about the Jesus that lives within saying, come on, get over yourself. I don't need to be reminded most times. Adria does a good job though, she reminds me most times. You know, the thing is that when you're truly loved, by the creator of the universe. Get over yourself. I was sitting with a young man just recently and um, he's one of the young men that was baptised recently and I said to him, what's changed? You know, has anything changed in your life? And he said, I don't feel any different, but I know I am. 
So I'm going to ask you this morning. Are you different? It's got nothing about how, to do with how you feel. It's got, to be, it's got to do with what you know. You know, today I'm reminded that my joy comes from knowing Jesus. Without Jesus in my life, this is, this is one of those truth statements that scares the life out of people because they think, well, he must be a pastor. He's got everything under control. You know, and you, we do the same with Andrew. We put him up on the pedestal and with Mel, we pop them up on the pedestal because they're, they're, they're bigger than us, they're greater than us. They must be closer to God because they've got the position, they've got the title. Let me tell you that without God in my life, our relationship, Adria and I's relationship, wouldn't be what it is today. Because I don't have the strength for it. But he does. And I can tell you without God in my life, without a Jesus that I love, without a Holy Spirit that trusts me and guides me, I wouldn't have three sons who now call me dad who now trust me enough that their wives call me dad, whose sons and daughters call me papa. That's what my Jesus does because I'm willing to hand it to him and say, I can't do this. I do not have the strength to do this. Do it for me. Do it with me. Show me how. Stand me up when I'm falling down. Prop me up when I'm getting tired. I am vulnerable. You know, <laughs> the dictionary, the dictionary says vulnerable is exposed to the possibility of being attacked or harmed, either physically or emotionally. I'm vulnerable. If I don't make myself vulnerable, if I don't open myself up to becoming vulnerable, I'm going to get belted. I am, I'm going to get belted. But when you make yourself vulnerable, you're saying to God, you can do this. You can do this. Do it for me. Do it for me. And then when you've done it for me, show me how to do it for myself next time. Because I don't want to be... Isn't it strange? We sit at home and we think, I can do this. I don't need to be asking God for that all the time. No, we don't. Lord, change me. Make me more like you. More like you this morning. Now we're going to throw out a couple of pages because otherwise we'll be here till 2 o'clock this afternoon. We could do it. I was talking to Alan earlier this morning. He said I could do a series because <laughs> I've got more than three pages, I can do a series. So I'd better clear it with the pastor first. You know, this, this morning, I came to share you a lot of things, share with you a lot of things about new beginnings, about what it means to have a new beginning. And I went over and I sat with Ben earlier and I sat with Anui yesterday 
and I sat with another young man a couple of days ago and my thinking has been the same. That God has given us a new beginning if we can accept it as that. Did he give you a new beginning because it's because the time frame turned over and became 2016 instead of 2015? Is it a new beginning or is it just another day? And should all our days be a new beginning? And sometimes I think that all of our days should be a new beginning because we are made new each and every day. So that makes it a new beginning and if we don't ponder and dwell on the things of the past then we're not going to be held back by that that happened yesterday because we're having a new beginning. But what's it mean to have a new beginning if there is no purpose? What does it mean to have come into 2016 with the same purpose you had in 2015? With the same desires, the same, the same things that didn't work then? Do we, are we chasing them or have we put them aside? Are we chasing the yesterday's hopes and sort of calling it a prayer? Can Lord, it would be really nice if this happened? Or are we focusing on the purpose of why 2016 is a new beginning? And the answer to it is because we put down 2015. It's done and dusted. It's in our past. It has no value except what we gained from it. Some of the things that we gain have been hurt, pain, discomfort, but we learned how to walk in it. We learned how to stand strong in it because we continued to ask our Father to strengthen us. Give to me a new heart, a new spirit on a new day. Today's the first Sunday of 2016. Big deal. It's the third day of the new year. Let me ask you and let me suggest to you that whatever changes you're going to make, make them. Whatever thoughts you've had about having a better life, do them. Whatever passion you have for being better, be better. Don't wait for it to happen. I shared with my son yesterday, I said, I'll be preaching tomorrow. And he said, oh, great, what are you talking on? And so I told him. I told him I was talking on new beginnings because my pastor's been talking about joy. And so how do you get joy out of a new beginning? It's about knowing what's going to happen at the end. So I know what's going to happen at the end because I've read the book. I haven't read all of it. I haven't read every page and every sentence like some of you have. I've read most of it and most of what I've read stuck in me. 
But you know, it tells me that I have a victory in Jesus if I claim it. You know, it's, it's a story. It's a great story. But unless we own it, unless it's mine, it doesn't mean anything. It's just words on a page. I wrote some words on a page. You can all have them. And you can study up on them. But it's not going to mean anything to you because they're my words. These are the words of our Father. And he speaks to each of us. And today he's saying, it's a new beginning. It's a new beginning. You know, and like all years, people we know, it wouldn't have been any, any of us, but people we know have said, oh, I'm going to lose 20 pounds this year. That lasts about three days, by the way. So that's today. And if you haven't lost them by now, you go, it's too hard, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> what do you mean I've got to run every day? What, and stop eating? Come on. I've still got a fridge full of leftovers from Christmas. <laughs> you can't just throw it out. <laughs> See, Mel's laughing because she's heard all this before. <laughs> See, it's what we do. It's our life. Come on, Robbie, don't you? <laughs> Come on. This is the Father who loves us saying to us, have a bit of fun, relax, be you. But be the best you you can be. Really good friend of mine who's a pastor in Sunshine used to say, better is a judgment call. See, I'm going to be better this year. Better than what? Well, better than I was like, what was wrong with last year? What was wrong with how you were last year? Nothing really. Well, then how can you be better? He used to say, just be bigger. Well, I'm doing a really good job of it, okay? <laughs> it's about enhancing who you are. It's about expanding what you've got. It's about becoming bigger here. But here, let your spirit man grow. Let it be developed within you. Now watch the bed's good kids. Gonna pick on you. And mum. And you look at these three wonderful children that are here today. And you know there is no doubt who they're going to be. Because we know their mum. And most of us know dad. And we know there's strength and there's power and there's loving and there's giving and there's passion and there's desire in each of them. So the kids are going to have it because they don't get a choice. Because they get loved on all the time, even when they stuff up even when they make a blue. And you know, we get loved on every day just the same. We get loved on every day by a father who looks down on us and goes, did you do that again? Come on. Come on. It's time. We determined, and I know each of us have, we've determined that this year, 2016, this year, 
is a new beginning. And you know why we decided it? Because it's floating around in the spirit realm. And those of us that are touching the spirit and those of us that are allowing the spirit to touch us are going, something's changing, I can feel it, something's happening, I don't know what it is, but I'm going with that. So 2016 is going to be a great year for all of us. In it, there's going to be some difficulty, but it's going to be a great year. It's not going to be all full of, what was the old term, beer and skittles. You know, it's not going to be full of happy days, day after day after day after day, and a new job and a raise and a this and a that, all the time. We may all get those this year. I have a plan for my life. If you all have the same plan I've got, my plan's not going to work. Because there'll be too many of you wanting to do what I'm doing. And we can't all do it at the same time. So wait till I've got there, will you? Then you can start. New beginning. New beginning. New beginning starts with a new thought process. The new process doesn't necessarily have to overtake the old one. It's got to be joined with. The good things of the old year will be joined with the great things of the new year and we will be strong together. We will be united together and we will be the very best we can be together. With Jesus. Can't do it on our own. And we can't exclude him from the growth. So this year, grab hold of the joy that he's given us. Grab hold of the passion and the desire that he's given you. And remember that whatever it was he said to you when you were first born again, when we first realised that he was going to rule our lives, that he was going to lead us into places we'd never been, when he first said, Luke, I want you to be the father of many. When he first said that Jemima was going to be his wife, when he first said that together they would raise up a tribe. We watch you. We see you. And we see in you the hearts and desires of a father and a mother who want to raise up a tribe. Some of them are going to be yours. Most of them are going to be God's because you've opened up your hearts and said, I can. Open up your hearts today. Whatever it is that God's asking you to do, tell him you can. Tell him you can. I've got a great stack of scriptures here that I was going to use and include. 
but one that I use often is in Deuteronomy 28, verse 13. It says, The Lord will make you the head and not the tail, and you will be above only and not beneath. Take hold of what it means for you today. What does it mean to be the leader and not the follower? And I'm not saying that we're all gifted with great gifts of leadership and great gifts of, of equality and all the, that we're supposed to have. God's saying, you will be the head and not the tail. That's each of us. But it's the head of you. I will be the head of Trevor and not the tail. I'm not going to be led by my worldly body, by my worldly thinking, by my worldly doing. I'm going to be led by a father who loves me. And when I'm led by a father who loves me, I can be a father and love on others. And 2 Corinthians 5.17 in the Amplified says... Therefore, if, everyone, if anyone is in Christ that is grafted in, joined to him by faith in him as saviour, he is a new creature, reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. The old things, the previous moral and spiritual condition have passed away. Behold, new things have come because spiritual awakening brings new life. When we were worshipping earlier, I went and I prayed for a couple of people. And that's exactly what I felt. That spiritual awakening brings new life. You see, we've all been praying over a period of time. We've been praying for Dana's leg. And Dana's here today and she's looking great and she's smiling. And when I went up to her when I first got here this morning, she was really happy, really excited to be here. And now that I've pointed her out to everybody, she's not real sure. But <laughs> I went and prayed for Dana that there would be a miraculous reconstruction. You see, the doctors have done what they're going to do, so let's get it healed. But you see, we don't want it just healed. We want it reconstructed as it was in the beginning. You see, we want that new beginning. It's a new beginning. It's a better version of what it was. The doctors have done their bit. Let's let God do his bit. So keep Dana in your prayers. Uplift her in that. Laurie walked in on crutches this morning. I thought he and Dana could have a race later on. <laughs> you know, life is exactly what life is. It challenges to us to think about who we are and whose we are. It challenges us to think about the future, to think about what it means. But I challenge you. I challenge you today. If you've got a mentor this week, you need to talk to them about your purpose for this year. What's your purpose? If you haven't got a mentor... I need to talk to you. I want to know what your purpose is. Why is having a new beginning so important if we don't have a purpose for it? 
Why is it that we're crawling out to God and saying, it's a new beginning, Father, a new beginning, but if we've got no desire to actually step into it, what's it mean? So this day, January 3, 2016, this is a new beginning for each and every one of us. Make it count. Have a purpose. And go into it. And Father, I thank you that you've touched hearts in this place today. They've heard your words and not mine. And Lord, that they'll forgive me for running over time. But Father, I thank you that each and every heart in this place is open and receptive of your word. And Lord, today as we seek to be more like you and find more of you, we cry out, Abba Father. And we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. If you're in this place today and you've been touched with joy but you don't know why, if you have a desire for the touch of joy, then get in the river. Don't get a little bit in, just don't get your toes wet. It's not about splashing and it's about getting wet. It's about getting in the river. Make it happen today. If you're in the place, in this place, and look around, you know, it's easy to stand up here and look around and go, oh, everybody's saved in here. I don't have to give an altar call. You know, I sometimes think, I look out here and I think there are people here who've been coming along, they've got the names engraved in the bottom of the chair, but they've never really decided that today was the day of new beginnings. If that's you today, make a new beginning. Challenge God. If you're really there, God, let me know. If you're really there, touch me. I gave my life to you when I was 12, when I was 4, when I was 48. Nothing seems to have changed. Everything's the same. Perhaps it's time for a recommitment of heart not a recommitment of head. If you're here this morning, this altar is a wonderful place to get refreshed and renewed. It's a wonderful place to be touched by the living God. And there are people in this house who will pray for you, stand with you and declare victory over you. Make it happen. Make it new for your life today. Thank you.